It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, we should be talking about a banger of a basketball game that the Toronto Raptors closed like the absolute rock stars. Instead, I'm wearing this ill-fitting, stupid tinfoil hat. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, January the 10th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find, find all my work over on the website that is not very good, but I use now because the Raptors are fun, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors, and of course, you can join us in the Lockdown Raptors Discord server, unless you're Ben Taylor. It might not be the day for you to jump in there, as uh, you know, you might not really like what you see. Uh, of course, you can find the show for free, as always, in your favorite podcast apps on the audio side of things. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend. It's always appreciated when you support the show, however you support the show. We are also on YouTube. You can go find the video version of the show each and every day. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, and if you do that, you're never going to miss an episode once it premieres, which is perfect for you everydayers out there who like to hop in the chat and mix it up while the show premieres today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started and we will get started on a note that i rarely ever even acknowledge on this podcast people who listen to this show know that I hate ref talk. I think ref talk stinks. I think it's kind of the worst thing about NBA discourse. My general feeling on referees is they're all bad. All of them are just like stinky and like have their own sort of, uh, you know, God complex going on and they, they don't discriminate. They're just bad for everybody. On this occasion, they were very much bad in the favor of the LA Lakers and against the Toronto Raptors. And I guess we have to talk about it. Because Darko Ryakovich was talking about it. Everyone seems to be talking about it. And so even I, someone who is staunchly anti-ref talk, cannot help but acknowledge that, yeah, the refs, the 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 the, the, the non-calls, some ridiculous, I think, uh, like, calls that were, like, made that should not have been made, all this stuff, like, it really undercut what was a pretty fantastic basketball game last night at Staples Center. The Toronto Raptors lose 132-131. We will get into the basketball of it all because there was a lot of really good basketball in this game. We will talk about the way the core four guys are, you know, I guess Emmanuel quickly eventually fouled out, but the way the Raptors closed this game like absolute studs. We will talk about life without Jakob Pertl, who yesterday some bad news came down about um, regarding his ankle injury. He'll be out for two weeks at least and reevaluated, and we'll see. And they're trying to navigate life without him. That, that process began last night with Anthony Davis, obviously posing a very big challenge. We'll get into all that, the good, the bad of them. But we should just talk off the top about what a bloody shame. Darko Ryakovich in his 
monumental. I got to take this freaking hat off. It's already falling off my head. The prop, it was a fun gimmick. It's over now. That's the tinfoil hat. Uh, it's done. Uh, <laughs> but the, the thing, yeah, the, the real shame of this game is that, and you know, again, Darko Ryakovich said the word, this is shame for the league, shame on the refs. And the shame is that we should be talking about, A, a really fun basketball game, and B, the Toronto Raptors having an incredible close to this basketball game. They shoot 10 of 13 in the final five minutes of this game. They go on and score, I think, nine buckets uh, after Emmanuel quickly gets fouled out with like 340-something left to play and just absolutely steamroll the Lakers in the half court. They bounce back every single time the Lakers get stuck on the line. And it's just, it's really frustrating. We should be talking about a brilliant Toronto Raptors performance in this game. Down Yaka Pertl. We should be showering praise upon Thad Young, which we will do, but we can't do it in the top segment because we have to talk about the ref stuff. It, it just, it's a really tough blow. And look, it's not like the Raptors, you know, had no agency in this loss, right? Like they got their lunch taken by Anthony Davis quite a bit and all that. We'll talk about that too, but... 23 to 2 free throw disparity in the fourth quarter. I believe I saw the number of theirs, the biggest disparity in any NBA game this season in the fourth quarter. Per uh, Kirtika, the queen of Raptors Twitter stats, plus 20 were the Raptors in the paint in terms of scoring last night. They took 15 more shots in the paint than the LA Lakers, and yet we still see a 36 to 13 free throw disparity. Just like a really poorly officiated basketball game. And the Lakers, frankly, had their garbage pail offense totally bailed out by some of the calls in this game. And like, look, there were some that were justified. Sure. Pascal Siakam fouls Anthony Davis down the stretch, sealed out into the basket. Sure. That's a foul, of course. Um, you know, even Emmanuel quickly making that rip through and hitting Cam Reddish in the face. I could see if you wanted to call that a common foul just because you got to control your elbows and stuff. But to say that's a flagrant one, I, I guess by the letter of the law, they're usually going to call anything to the head of flagrant. But like, what is he supposed to do there? That to me is the epitome of a natural basketball play. To me, the one that really grinds my gears is the RJ Barrett moving screen where Anthony Davis just kind of falls into Barrett and tumbles over in a flop like that. It, it, ridiculous like it takes a scotty barnes game tying three off the board with like 19 seconds left uh totally undercuts again like a beautiful example of the raptors playing awesome awesome basketball down the stretch of this game getting that scotty three look and, and having barrett screen form like it was a nice little set they designed there and it totally gets undone because anthony davis falls over and is just less strong than rj barrett i guess Really, really bad. I, also, a really funny note. I watched back the all-possessions condensed game on League Pass this morning. There's one play that's not featured in the all-possessions playback, and it is that play. There's just no mention of the R.J. Barrett moving screen, quote-unquote. Pretty infuriating. You had, um, you know, the Austin Reeves flailing grift foul on Thad Young. Pretty ridiculous. Didn't touch him at all. And Austin Reeves loves to go collect uh, trips. I have him on my fantasy team. I know what a free throw grifter that dude is, man. Uh, it's great, but it's not great when he doesn't even really draw any contact and still gets to go to the line. And look, I hate doing this. I hate rattling off all these calls that went like the Raptors obviously had calls go their way at times in this game too. Christian Woods seemed like the apple of Ben Taylor's eye for a stretch of this game. Um, you know, it's not like the Raptors again had no agency in losing this basketball game. If you play, uh, you know, a, a better offensive first half, maybe you're not in the position to lose by one. But 
truthfully, any one of these calls that was pretty blatantly wrongly called against or not called for the Raptors, any one of those goes the other way, the Raptors win this game. They close this game, like I said, like absolute studs. And it's a damn shame that they get a loss to show for it because they deserve better. This was a really, really encouraging game. And let's just like leave the ref stuff behind. Go watch the Darko press conference a million times. It's amazing. Thad Young's response to it after. I think, you know, this team loves Darko Ryakovich, man. Thad's comments about how Darko's got the team by you know, all their backs and they just love him. Like that's that's encouraging, really, really heartening stuff to hear. Um, the Raptors might have themselves a coach. He's going to be a much poorer coach, I'm sure, after the fine gets handed down. But they might have themselves a, a coach here who... You know, it's it just it, you're seeing things kind of lock into place here since the trade and the offense is working well. They're number seven in the half court since the trade in the NBA. Um, like they're they're a top 10 offense since the trade overall. Like this is like things are working here. Darko might be a dude. And now Darko is also like Internet famous, which is hilarious and awesome to the actual basketball stuff. And like, again, the real shame of this game, the Raptors closed this game so incredibly pascal siakam comes in with like 545 to play he's pretty cold right he hasn't touched the ball much in the second half it was like the emmanuel quickly show in the third quarter and my god the emmanuel quickly show was awesome um a lot of rj barrett in the third those two guys really kind of taken the reins fourth quarter comes around scotty barnes does his thing to start the quarter just tough finish after tough finish dunking through traffic not getting many foul calls whilst dunking through traffic etc etc um there was that one down the stretch where max christie like fouled him like a dozen times and he still had a two-hand yam pretty cool no call whatever you know tinfoil hats on the ground but you know you know what i'm talking about uh like just uh, they closed this game so impressively pascal comes in 543 and he like, again, not really part of the offense. The first couple of possessions on the floor hasn't touched the ball in a while. His first touch in like seemingly 12 minutes of game time, it swings to him in the corner from Scotty Barnes on a drive and it's cash from three. And then after the prolonged Emmanuel quickly review for the flagrant, Pascal once again, cash from the corner right away. Just no questions about it. An, like just an incredible Pascal Siakam finish five of five for him in the fourth quarter in this one playing wonderfully off of Scotty Barnes you had a Scotty Barnes Pascal Siakam pick and roll where uh, Pascal's the screener he slides on on the roll scores beautifully just like Mwah, exactly what you want to see with those two guys um, Dennis Schroeder had himself a nice finish to this game as well Gary Trent Jr. hitting big buckets after coming in for Emmanuel quickly just I'm really impressed with how the Raptors closed this game. Could they have played a better defensive night? Obviously, yes. Like th this was not a night where they covered themselves in glory. Anthony Davis goes for 41 points on 13 of 17 from the field. And at least half of his 14 free throws were justified for sure. He hits a couple threes. What are you going to do about that? But overall, I, I thought this was another sort of data point suggesting that this Raptors team might be a squad. This might be real. The core four here maybe kind of rules and there's space for all of these guys to cook as well. You have quickly getting his little pockets, bear getting his pockets working awesome with Dennis Schroeder and bench heavy lineups. You have Pascal and Scotty absolutely taking over together in the fourth quarter, combining to go, I think it was a 10 of 14 across the board between the two of the two of them in the fourth quarter. Really, really beautiful stuff. It's all harmonious. There's no overlap. Everyone's skills complement another guy's skills in some way. 
Quickly's popping open for threes all over the place off of screening actions with uh, Barnes and Siakam. You got Barrett working as this sort of play finisher, bailout guy late in the clock where he's just driving and beautifully laying in casual lefty layups. These guys work in harmony with, with one another beautifully. And again, a real bloody shame that we come away from this game not talking about that as the big sort of ticket item. I think a lot of people realize that they kind of got the shaft in this one. And I do think there is sort of the general, um, you know, appreciation of what the Raptors did last night. This is not like, oh, they lost. Everything was bad or anything like that as far as the discourse. But um, yeah, it, it's just a bummer that a ref show that Ben Taylor, once again, Fred Van Vliet said it best last season. You know what he said? Like, it, it's just kind of uh, totally infuriating that an awesome game that we all stayed up till the freaking wee hours of the morning to watch gets totally nuked by uh just like a, a tilted whistle and again this is not some conspiracy against the raptors or whatever probably i don't know maybe ben taylor is mad forever because of fred van vliet who knows but um you know certainly just like a really really unfavorable whistle that totally ruined what was a fantastic game of basketball between two teams playing very hard very gritty, very kind of nasty ball. It was great. And it's just kind of, you're left at 1 a.m. sitting there like, well, what the hell was the point of that? And it seems as though from Darko Ryakovich's comments, he also was sitting there thinking, what the hell was the point of that? Um, yeah, tough stuff, man. We'll come back on the other side. We will talk about Jakob Pertl. Also tough stuff. He's going to be out a while. The Raptors had their first test without Jakob Pertl last night. Mixed results. We'll get into Thad Young. We'll get into Jonte Porter, Scotty Barnes of the five, and how the Raptors can weather this absence for Jakob Pertl coming up in just one second. We will leave the ref talk there for now, but just go watch Darko Ryakovich's clip on loop for the rest of your day, and you will have yourself a wonderful time, I reckon. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. The playoffs are getting rolling, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays why don't you just go in and make a same-game parlay on all of the four best Toronto Raptors scoring over 20 points? They did it last night. Uh, I'm sure you could tease the lines and stuff like that a little bit to make it happen. Uh, go check it out because the Raptors, all of a sudden, are a team you can take the over on. They're scoring points in bunches. It's fantastic. Go over to FanDuel right now and take advantage, if that's something you feel like doing, of the Toronto Raptors being an overs machine now. Uh, of course, you got every other thing under the sun over there as well uh, that you can go and peruse. They got lines for every sport that there is over at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, we continue on here. Your first listen of the day. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, just a reminder, Locked On Sports Today 24-7 is our daily streaming channel uh, where you can find Locked On shows covering all of the biggest stories across the sports world, uh, national shows, local shows on the biggest stories. It's all there for you. Streaming all day long. A perfect thing to have in the background while you work all day. I uh, highly recommend it. Go subscribe. Locked On Sports Today 24-7. All right. Let's leave the ref stuff behind us and talk about some actual basketball, please. That's what we like to do here on this podcast normally. Um, and yeah, the Yaka Pertle thing. Obviously, it was uh, deemed yesterday that he's going to be out for at least two weeks, reevaluated in two weeks for a sprained ankle. Of course, he fell. I think he landed on Pascal Siakam's foot when they were kind of both going for a ball in that game against the Warriors. He finished the game seemingly fine, but obviously the next day with ankles, you never know how much it's going to swell up and uh, cause you some trouble. So a bummer to not see Yaka Pertle in there. And I do think, um, you know, this is going to be a serious test for the Raptors. Yaka Pertle. As maligned as he's been at times, as much as that trade has been clowned upon by many, he's a really effective basketball player, and he does a lot to help grease the wheels of this Raptors offense in particular. I think you saw in the first half last night the yak effect of not having him there. You know, you throw Thad Young in there, and look, Thad Young, boy, oh boy, he had himself a thadmirable effort. There's no doubt about it. He was awesome in this game, turning back the clock. Some are saying he single-handedly made the trade worth it with this game. 10 points uh, to go along with uh, the five boards, four assists, three steals, a block, five of nine shooting, uh, a plus seven in this one. Winning those minutes, the starters were a plus six in their 14 minutes together in this one. Not something I would have guessed with Thad Young starting. I thought they might have to really lean on their in-between lineups and some Scotty at the five lineups to really push up that point differential. But man, oh man, Thad Young was awesome in this game. Full flowers to him playing 29 minutes at his advanced age. Very cool. Awesome to see the, the bench get super psyched about him as well. And look, he, he's probably the guy who can best replicate what Jakob Pertl provides to the offense, right? Like Thad Young over the last five years has morphed into a small ball center. That is the position he plays. Sticking him elsewhere has not been fruitful. You know, you saw him in the corner, for example, is like a four uh, back in his very first part season with the Raptors and, you know, hasn't really been a big part of things since then. But um, yeah, he's a small ball five and he does help with the passing, the ball movement, that type of stuff. Problem is, though, he is not quite the screener that Yaka Pertle is. Yaka is just an outstanding screener. It gives guys such a runway, such a slingshot effect when you come around a Yaka Pertle screen that you just don't get with Thad Young. He's also not got the roll gravity that Yaka Pertle has, right? Like, Yaka really sucks defenders in. He can pass out of those as well, and you trust him to finish at an extremely high rate, like 68 70% most of the time. Not something you're getting with Thad Young either. And so... You know, it's it just it makes the offense a little more tricky. I also think it makes it harder to run some of their best sets, right? So much of the Raptors' best stuff has come with Yach working at the elbow, especially since the Emmanuel Quickly trade, where you have the sort of stagger screens and, and, and split cuts and stuff going on off the ball where you're involving quickly and Siakam and Barnes and all of their various levels of gravity heading towards the rim or the three-point line and using Yach's passing to kind of, you know, be very, very incisive and in kind of cutting through that and finding easy looks, they don't have that, right? And Thad's a good passer, but there's a difference between being a seven foot one elbow operator and a six foot eight elbow operator. It's just how it is. Y'all can see over the defense a little more effectively, sort of dart those passes in, loft those little passes into, you know, Pascal or Scotty cutting towards the rim a little more effectively. And so you're losing that element too. And again, the first half for this Raptors team was not pretty 
on the offensive end. They scraped by, you know, RJ Barrett kind of went bully mode for stretches and that helped big time. Huge game from him. 23, 10 and five, two steals, 10 of 13. Good God. RJ Barrett's been awesome, man. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, that that's the sort of thad element here, right? Are you going to get games like this every time out from him? Probably not. If you can get something close to it, you might be able to weather this time with the, without Yaka Pertle pretty reasonably. But that's, uh, you know, they're going to miss Yaka Pertle. Anthony Davis, like, like I said, he took their lunch tonight or last night. He had 41 points, 13 to 17. I thought there maybe could have been room for sort of busting out the Nick Nurse defensive playbook a little bit more. Um, just kind of sending two to AD aggressively and kind of daring Lakers shooters to hit. Hey, credit to the Lakers shooters. They did hit last night, 16 to 36 from deep. Um, you know, again, I called them a garbage pail offense. That's because they are a garbage pail offense. And I, I think you probably are right leaning on Cam Reddish and Torian Prince and Christian Wood and D'Angelo Russell and Max Christie taking threes over Anthony Davis just kind of barreling to the rim all the time. Um, you know, there are possessions where even late in the game that cost them, right? You know, Scotty Barnes kind of let, lets a very easy AD lane to the bucket for an easy lane and then next possession down, Siakam gets sealed out deep. He fouls him and that was a foul. Um, and so there were times here where not having Yaka Pirtle really hurt them with the Anthony Davis thing. Not every game is going to be up against Anthony Davis, right? Like, it's not always going to be this much of a daunting task. That said, Avica Zubats uh, tonight for the Clippers, that dude is just a bear and have fun with that, I guess, like whoever tries to guard him. Um, but yeah, I, I think, honestly, the the offense, I think, found itself by the end. The defense, I think I'm a little bit more concerned about just sort of big picture how they handle without Jakob Pertl because he's been damn good there. You know, I think Jonte Porter was pretty nice in his 10 minutes or so. A um, bit of a tough matchup for him, obviously, but he had a couple of nice stands against Davis. And look, his passing continues to really pop as well. I, I don't know if you trust his passing enough to like just drop him into Jakob Pertl's sets and have him operate from there, but it might be worth a try. Had three assists in this game um, and just has good reads and vision and had another one of his patented or seemingly growing into being a patented move of his where he gets an offensive board and through a bunch of traffic on the baseline whips a pass out to the perimeter to an open guy uh you'll take that all the time i'm, I'm having a fun time with the jonte porter experience and I, I think we'll probably see him get more run in some of these games as we go forward as well um you know chris boucher not really a center and i don't think was trying to be an anthony davis stopper in this game necessarily but it's nice to see chris boucher uh you know holding on to the memory of his dear pal precious achua and playing a pressure precious achua ass game in this one I'm sure he'll bounce back. It was a weird one from Boucher, but that's fine. So yeah, no yak, you know, ultimately it's going to be a challenge, but I do think we did see down the stretch with Scotty Barnes, probably what's going to be their get out of jail free card sometimes when they have the Yaka Pertle absence and it's really hurting them in the next couple of weeks here, right? Scotty Barnes at the five works for the most part, right? He's had games where the rim protection hasn't been there, but for the most part, he has been a rim protection monster, especially as like a drop big type where he's just there swatting shots. He had the two blocks in succession last night. It was pretty sweet. Um, and obviously Scotty at the five opens up so much offensively. I don't think it's a coincidence. The Raptors scored and shot 10 of 13 down the stretch in this game with Scotty working as their five just a ton of space out there and a lot of driving lanes a lot of ability you know if quickly we're in this game i feel like they're probably even more potent right just because of the way he can use the gravity of scotty barnes and his on-ball force to create stuff for himself it's 
you know, that's going to be the pathway here. I think my thought going into this game was, you know, lean on that lineup enough that you can just kind of outscore the Lakers who don't score the ball very well. Um, and they almost did it. And I'm glad they closed with that lineup. You probably don't want to start with it, honestly, just because you probably want to save Scotty for the fourth. You don't want him burning fouls too, too early in the game either. But I think closing lineups, absolutely. Scotty at the five gives them the best chance of surviving without Jakob Pertl over sustained long stretches of minutes. And uh, I was pretty encouraged by what we saw here last night. Scotty Parton's was incredible in the fourth quarter of this game. Just an absolute monster. And uh, yeah, man, again, really pissed off. This should be a game we're celebrating the Raptors pulling out a shorthanded win without their center in their first game out with Thad Young being a hero. Instead, we're talking about a pretty disappointing loss not that it's disappointing in what the raptors did the process is there um also just like we'll get into this a little bit later on but this whole information gathering period here is fascinating and it gets even more fascinating with Jakob Pertl being out we will examine that further when we get to the hmm coming up in the next segment we got the good the bad and the hmm coming up in just a sec we will do that momentarily today's show is brought to you by better help and look this time of year you're doing resolutions we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on the stuff that we're already doing right therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick i know a lot of people who have really benefited from therapy it just gives someone there who's an outlet for you you can talk to figure out your motivations they can offer you insights as to what might be the right course of action the right decision making for you to be a better you and if you're thinking of starting therapy you can give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule all you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge celebrate the progress you've already made visit betterhelp.com slash locked at mba today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on nba the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right closing it out here the way we close out every episode of the podcast on the heels of a toronto raptors basketball game it's the good it's the bad it's the hmm and let's uh dive on in shall we thing i liked thing i didn't like thing that's intriguing from the game we just witnessed the good there's a lot of good in this game, man. You know, it could go lots of different directions. I thought Emmanuel quickly, that third quarter explosion was just an absolute treat to watch and is going to be a thing we get to watch, hopefully, for many, many years to come on a pretty regular basis. I thought Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, the interplay between those two down the stretch was just di- like it was dynamite. It was so, so good to watch and really gives me a lot of belief that this thing can work if they choose to give this thing some runway to work. We'll get to that coming up. But for me, the good is RJ Barrett and the sense of calm I feel when he checks into a game. This is like maybe very anecdotal and you know we still got to wait for the data to kind of build up here. But RJ Barrett stepping on the floor, it's just like a, like a balm when things are feeling a little bit hairy. The offense isn't quite clicking. You know, we saw this in the first half, right? You know, RJ comes in with that second unit and just completely bosses. And I think what it is, is he's just such a 
a guy who can make something happen late in the clock that is good, that is productive. It's not, you know, forcing a, a contested, you know, pull up three or, or sort of something like that, or stepping into a mid range jumper like RJ Barrett, six, seven seconds on the clock and say, okay, I'm going to get to the rim now and score with my left hand. And he kind of can just do it. It's pretty awesome. And you factor in what he's doing as a transition player, the factor in, yeah, we had three turnovers in this game. Sure. But he also had five assists. He's making some really nice passes on the move. Um, left hand, right hand, even last night, you know, obviously the left is where he's strongest, but like cross court passes for wide open threes, brilliant stuff from RJ Barrett, you know, he was the like when reacting to the trade. I don't think this was just me thinking this either. Like, if you didn't like the OG and Obi trade, I think the RJ Barrett element of it was the part that you didn't like most likely. Um, and it's proving that RJ Barrett, like, there's a place for him on this basketball team. And the sort of pared down role, the narrowed focus of what he's doing, the you know, he's not being asked to be this creator in a very clogged system where, um, there's sort of like minded player i mean him and julius randall basically play the exact same way and so it's just there's not that overlap right i think the overlap that we used to see with the raptors with og ananobi i think you know actually i've been kind of thinking about this i almost wonder if the og overlap was more with scotty barnes than pascal's overlap was with scotty barnes like it's just kind of thinking about things now in hindsight envisioning how the team was looking versus how it looks now like it does feel now like the overlap is just not there and everyone kind of brings their own little flavor their own little thing to the game and all of the parts comprise to make something even better than the sum of the pretty impressive parts and rj barrett has just fit in so so beautifully here a plus 10 in this game team best and yeah him and dennis schroeder have been really cooking in those second units i think they're like a plus 13.7 net rating so far just as a duo the two of them on the floor together over the course of like 168 possessions through five games um very noisy sample obviously lots of starters in there but those bench lineups with schroeder and barrett i'm digging man and gary Trent jr obviously mixing into those as well has been a, a nice piece of spacing and shooting and shot making so yeah rj barrett the the calming force which uh not a thing i would have said probably 10 days ago when the trade happened or or, or expected but it's very much happening and i'm very much here for it the bad uh i mean uh, it's ben taylor man uh just a little twerp man just a little man who has like uh, the vibe that he went to the police academy flunked out and became a ref uh like it, i don't like talking about refs i really don't i think it sucks i think it's just like the lowest form of basketball discussion but it was really bad uh and it, again, it totally bailed out a Lakers team that I don't think is very good. They kind of stink. They're my bonus bad is the Lakers in general. Kind of a bad team. They're pretty lucky the Warriors and Suns are also busted. Otherwise, I'm not sure uh, they'd be long for the play-in tournament this season either. They're just not a very impressive basketball team. Um, yes, the Raptors lost to them. Yes, the Raptors also didn't have their center to go up against Anthony Davis. And yes, Ben Taylor and Kevin Cutler and the rest of the crew was uh, kind of on one, just on a, an, an immaculate heater for the rest last night, man. Uh, really impressed that they could put up such prolific stats in such short short time. But um, yeah, that's the bad. There's like I don't have anything bad to say about this basketball game. I, I suppose you could say Chris Boucher, he had a really rough game with some really boneheaded turnovers, bad plays, passing up open threes. But he also had seven boards, a couple steals, and you know, kind of had some positive minutes by the end of the the, the whole thing. So, yeah, no, I don't have a bad man. The the team was awesome in this game. Really was happy with what I saw from the Raptors side of things. So the bad simply has to be Ben freaking Taylor. Uh, all right, the hmm, 
I, I wonder, look, I, I mentioned we're kind of in the information gathering phase here, right? Over the next four weeks before the deadline. Obviously, we talked at length on yesterday's podcast about Pascal Siakam. What's going to happen there? Should the Raptors extend him? Should the Raptors trade him? I think people who listen to this podcast every day know I'm firmly in the extend camp. And I think last night is another sort of feather in that cap, if you will. I think those four guys, Siakam, Barnes, Barrett, Quickly, the spicy barbecue crew, pretty sweet together, man. I would like to see more run from it. And I think it will kind of be a shame if we only get five weeks of watching those four guys play basketball together because it's pretty sweet. Um, And I just, I wonder if this type of game, which seems like it kind of might be some sort of galvanizing game for the Raptors, right? Darko goes off on the officiating. Everyone's just like rallied up about Thad Young. Um, Everyone seems like they're playing for one another on the string, playing together in unison. I do wonder if this type of game starts to potentially sway the thinking of the front office or how many games like this it will take to sway the motivations and the intentions of the front office, right? Like we've talked about, it seems pretty clear that moving on from Pascal Siakam is probably their first choice, but their first choice might not really be available to them considering the market out there, which is not very good. And, you know, there's all these reports today about from Michael Scotto about, oh, the King's offer was Herder and Barnes and Davion Mitchell in a first, all three of whom were like total stink fests last night against the Pistons and like make a lot of money going forward. Um, you know, it, it's just that does not pass the smell test to me as a deal the Raptors would accept considering what it seems like they want, which is young bankable contributors who can help with this Scotty Barnes team going forward. It's pretty clear to me that Pascal Siakam can help with this Scotty Barnes team going forward right now. And I, I, you know, again, the intentions of the front office seemingly have been all along that they are going to try to move on from Pascal any way they can. But we've also seen this front office in the past have the capacity to change their thinking on the fly when new information presents itself. And there's a whole boatload of information presenting itself that suggests this team might kind of slap. (laughs) And, you know, these guys were around in 2013-14. There was full intention back then to go tank after trading Rudy Gay. We know the Kyle Lowry story a million times over by now. This team was not supposed to go on that run back then. And they did. And the front office let it ride. And there was patience. And there was like, okay, like, let's just see what happens here. Let's see how this builds. I wonder how many games like last night, like we've seen so far, the Raptors have not played a bad game. They've played a bad half. I think they played a bad half against the Kings in the first half that was also just kind of amplified by some ridiculous shot-making variants on the Kings' side of things. Overall, the Raptors have not played a bad basketball game since this trade. And, you know, we'll see. Tough test tonight with the Clippers. You go back home, they'll have Celtics and Knicks, a couple other big ones coming up too. That'll be real tests, but... I wonder how many games it takes that they string together where they look undeniably like a real functional, good basketball team that, you know, if you had started with this group from the start of the season, are they a top six team in the Eastern Conference? I think that's very possible. I wonder if and when the sort of the the idea of moving on from Pascal sort of morphs into a, huh, maybe this is a thing we can kind of we we can replicate that 2013-14 thing a little bit. You know, I, I, they were there for that, right? Like they saw it happen. They were there in the flesh when they had that massive, ridiculous in-season turnaround and they rode with it and spent many years riding with it despite many rocky ups and downs. I, I wonder how long it takes. Maybe they're already thinking that. I don't know. And, and I hope that the Yaka Pertle thing, if they pick up a couple extra L's that could be W's 
in the next couple of weeks here just by not having Jakob Pertl on the floor. I hope that doesn't sway their thinking either. I think the process, the on-court fit, the meshing of the main guys on this team is way more important right now than wins or losses. And if we're talking about just like games in which these four have looked like a viable squad together with Jakob Pertl obviously in the mix as well, uh, they're five and zero. They're like they're they're five and zero, passing with every flying color in the book since the trade. So that's just kind of my. Huh, I I wonder when the thinking might shift here if it hasn't already, and I hope it does. Frankly, because uh, Pascal Siakam really good at basketball, seemingly pretty helpful to the squad, and I uh, would like to see it continue and get a little bit more runway for this thing because it might deserve it, man. It might be a real wagon of a squad given time to grow and flourish together we'll leave it there thank you so much for tuning in we'll be back again tomorrow morning to talk about like raptors clippers there's just another game at staples center hopefully ben taylor left town uh but either way we will talk about that and get into our takeaways and all that good stuff and then coming up on friday i mentioned kirtika earlier the queen of raptors stats on twitter she's gonna be on the podcast friday to talk about some stats from the early going of the post-trade version of the raptors and talk about what's real what's not should be a lot of fun so that's to look forward to over the rest of the week as well. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again on Thursday. Enjoy the game against the Clippers. Clippers, extend Pascal Siakam now. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.